Christmas season, Christmas time. Don't you love it? Amen. Come on now, get excited. Okay, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Everybody's in a good mood. Everybody drives more considerate. Cashiers at stores are super helpful and smile. Walmart even opens a couple extra registers when it's two or three deep, right? No. (laughs) Okay? I mean, none of this stuff happens, okay? I know it's Christmas time. I know everything is supposed to be hunky-dory, but how many know life is still life at Christmas time? Life is still difficult. It's still stressful. Life is still challenging during the most wonderful time of the year. And we still, we must still successfully deal with the unholy trinity of fear, worry, and anxiety. As Pastor Ronnie said, are are you stressing over over last-minute shopping? Maybe the answer to that is no, but you're stressing over something else. Amen? Maybe you're stressing over a doctor visit you've got coming up. Maybe you're stressing over paying the bills this month. Maybe you're stressing over, you know, some of you, you get to go visit family in the next week or two, and, and there's a reason you hadn't seen them in a year. There's a, you know, you're a little stressed over some of that stuff. Come on now, don't look at me in impious looks, okay? I know your family. You've had me pray for them, okay? So, so again, sometimes Christmas season is a stressful, stressful time. Stress during the holidays can be absolutely strife, uh, stifling with family obligations, getting gifts for so many people. You know what? I, I love Christmas season because. Uh, you know, I, I don't buy any gifts. I really don't. So I'm just as excited to see what we got you as you are. You know, when Hunter and Hayden open a gift, I'm like, wait a second, Hayden wasn't that good. What are we getting that boy? Okay, when, 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 we, when we, I'm like, hey, that's cool. So I'm just as excited to see what we got. Sometimes we give somebody a gift. I'm like, why don't we get him a gift? He didn't give me a gift. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, but, but again, giving gifts sometimes can be a little stressful. Um, even church obligations can be a lot, okay? You know, it's like, man, another potluck, another gift exchange, okay? Hey, by the way, let me share a, let me share a trick with you about the gift exchange game. It's okay to re-gift something. It's really okay. We have a closet at our at our parsonage that just has gifts in it, and we just go in there. Now, sometimes we've got to think. We've got to make sure who gave it to us. No, I'm just kidding, okay? I know none of you do that, Okay. But gift cards always work. And if it's a gag, give it, they ain't even got to have money on it. Some of you just got that, okay? Yeah. Like, like when we do a gift exchange and it's gag gifts, I'm like, you better have some money in your pocket when you try to use that Walmart gift card. But, you know, all these things are stressful. All these things can be difficult. And all the while, you have to keep a smile on your face because it's Christmas. Did you know that the very first Christmas was full of many stressors? It was a very chaotic time that Jesus entered in. Uh, It was a very stressful time. We had a a young mother of 12 to 14 years of age having to deal with uh, uh, all this, carrying the Son of God. And then all of a sudden there's a taxation, which means we got to take a road trip. And, you know, back then it it was kind of difficult to travel, okay? And and how many moms out there remember those last few weeks before, before delivery? You know, I shared this week at prayer, we were praying for someone to have a, a good delivery or something like that. And my wife reminded me that you're not pregnant for nine months. Forty weeks is closer to ten months than nine. Can any mama say amen? And, and I don't know about you, but the last couple weeks, Tom, I, I couldn't do nothing right. 
I couldn't, anything I said was used against me, okay? It's like, you did this to me. Get away from me, okay? It was, it's a tough time. So there was a lot of things going on in the very first Christmas. So I think that's why three times in the first two chapters of Luke, we see the words, fear not. We see the reminder, fear not. God's basically saying to Mary and Joseph and to so many other characters in the Christmas story, I got this. It's going to be okay. And it's the same thing he wants me to tell you this Christmas 2019. He got this. It's going to be okay. Fear not. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Trust me this Christmas season. And guess what? It's going to be okay. So today... Uh, with many of you dealing with fear, worry, and anxiety or stressors, the Lord wants me to remind you today, fear not. He can handle all the details of your Christmas just like he did during the very first one. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, I love you. I praise you. I thank you for an opportunity to preach your word. I just pray, Lord God, that you would speak to people's hearts, that you would help us today, Lord God, to realize that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that, God, just like you were able to take care of every detail 2,000 years ago at the first Christmas, you're just as able to take care of every detail of our life, the big stuff, the little stuff, and everything in between. Comfort your people today. Strengthen them today and encourage them, God, not to fear. You're going to take care of us. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, this is not my usual Christmas message. I got one of those next Sunday. But, but this is something that, 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 that kind of became as a seed thought as I was scroll, scrolling Facebook. My wife, you know, part of her business is posting on Facebook. And, and since I can't mind my business, I'm always scrolling Facebook. Some of y'all can't laugh because y'all do the same thing. By the way, I don't think you can be a good pastor today without without checking up on people on Facebook. Pastor Andy, you did that? You know, so you could pray about stuff or you can just check people's Facebook page. Now, sometimes I see your Facebook page and it drives me to prayer. <laughs> I'm like, oh boy. Okay. I'm not even going to go there. Some of you need to pray more and post less. I, I, I said it. Okay. I got pastor friends need to pray more and post less. Amen. But here's the deal. I was looking at a Facebook post by my friend Don Norton, who pastors one of our great churches in Houston, and he's preaching a, ser- a series on the fear knots of Christmas. I was like, hey, I never thought about that. That's kind of cool. So now he's preaching a series. I'm just preaching a sermon. So some of you are like, glad the saints don't play till Monday. But um, but I just began to thought, think, and pray about all this, and and, and I realized that. That even during Christmas season, we still, still deal with some of, some of the same stresses and issues that plague us all year long. So let's address fear, worry, and anxiety, or as I like to call it, the unholy trinity. Fear, worry, and anxiety. But before we get to these three uh, fear knots of Luke chapter number one and chapter number two, let's remember that there is a difference between the feeling or the emotion of fear and the spirit of fear. There's a big difference, okay? Fear as an emotion can be a good thing. Think about it. This kind of fear keeps you from touching a hot stove. It keeps you from maybe doing too much when it comes to being an electrician around the house. Let me tell a personal story. This week, we had a little situation at the parsonage, and instead of doing what I will do from here on out and call somebody who knows more than me, I decided I'm going to fix a light. 
I'm going to change your life. It's really, really simple. I've done this many times before, Pastor. Nothing to worry about, okay? Uh, you know, you can go turn the breakers off, but that's for sissies, breakers. Just turn the switch off. I, by the way, I didn't do it hot. I know real electricians, they can do it hot. I'm not a real electrician, as this story will clearly illustrate, okay? So I turn the switch off. I start taking stuff apart, and I go and, and find a very nice fixture at Walmart, okay? <laughs> Is there anything nice at Walmart? Okay, so I got this fixture, and I put it up, and, and I'm connecting it. It's really easy. The black goes to the black. The white goes to the white. The other little wire goes to the other little wire, okay? Pretty simple, right? Put it all together. But in the moment of me doing all this, I got a phone call. Because, again, pastors, we get phone calls all the time. It was kind of a, a, a stressful situation. and So I was a little bit distracted, and I, I left the bathroom for a little while. And Now, nobody in my house has owned up to this yet. But remember that switch that I had turned off? Somehow or another, it went from the off to position to the on position. Okay? Now, again, nobody in my house has owned up to this yet. Now, I do realize that when I entered said bathroom, I probably should have checked that all over again. But again, remember, I'm not a real electrician, okay? So I'm beginning, we had wires hanging out. I hadn't connected anything yet. Had wires hanging out the wall. So I take the little plate and I stick it up on the wires and, and all of a sudden, pop, everything, it, it, it pops it and it gets dark real quick. Now, the good news is it didn't get dark real quick for me, <laughs> Thank goodness, okay? Apparently, I, I just got the little wires real close together. They arced, but it didn't arc. It didn't pop me, okay? So I'm like, whoo! I, I, I begin to get a little upset, okay? I know I'm a pastor. I shouldn't get upset, but I'm like, whoo! Hayden, where you at, okay? Because normally around our house, Hayden gets blamed for most things, okay? And he tells me he had nothing to do with this. In fact, Miss Chantel has taken the boys' sides and said, you probably turned it on yourself, Okay? Could have been blamed, you know, because people come in in our house like stray cats, okay, in and out all the time, okay. So I'm like, man, I popped the breaker. All right, let me go fix the breaker, okay. So I go to the breaker box, and it's not tripped. Hmm, that's kind of strange. But I just turn it on, turn it off, come back, and nothing works. I'm like, doggone it, what am I doing here? And I began to get a little frustrated, and my wife was like, you should have called, and she starts naming off half of you, okay. You know, and and then she, so I call a friend of mine, I, the Mr. Fix-It, Michael Robinson. I call Michael up, and, and he's like, well, Pastor, I'm in Homer right now, but I can look at it. Have you checked this? I said, yes, I've checked it. <sighs> long story short, long story short, I, um, I, I got in over my head pretty quick, okay? And uh, we ended up getting it fixed, and it turned out it was something that, 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 that was wrong with the wiring that I could not have known, okay? So I didn't break anything other than arcing it, which somebody turned the switch on. I'm, I, I, again, I, I, we'll never get to the end of this, okay? But, uh, but here's the deal. When it got to the moment of having to go to the breaker, and then when uh, when somebody got there, by the way, uh, Gary, Gary came to help us out a little bit, Gary Wilson, and we went to the breaker and we took the panel off. Now, now that's where I tapped out, okay? Because Kate, by the way, so glad to have you home, Kate. When 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 we took the panel off the breaker, I stopped playing, okay? I don't mind playing with a little light, I don't mind playing with a little wires, but when I see all that coming together, Nick, I tap out. Not for me, okay? I'm just thinking. If he gets in a bind, I'm going to pull him out that closet. But but I have a healthy fear, fear of electricity in that situation, okay? Probably should have had a healthy fear before that and called somebody else to come fix it, okay? But again, fear as an emotion, fear as a feeling sometimes can be a good thing. A healthy fear 
uh, or fear as an emotion can keep you from uh, disobeying the speed limits, teenagers. Disobeying the speed limit, adults, okay? So sometimes a healthy fear can be a good thing. Healthy fear can keep you from back-talking to parents. How many had that healthy fear growing up? Thank you. Very good, okay? It, It can keep you from, you know, in our generation of social media, people can say anything and get away with it. We didn't, Pastor Randy, we didn't grow up like that, did we? I mean, some, whoo. You, you said some, some of you watched your siblings say something, and the response from mom and dad, you took notes. Don't do that, okay? Don't go there, okay? That's a healthy fear. That can be a good thing, okay? But then there's a spirit of fear. That's a much different story. You see, a fear as a spirit is always bad, always evil, and counterproductive to the plans of God being done in your life. Fear... Write this down if you're taking notes. Fear has sabotaged more dreams than failure ever will. Fear has sabotaged more dreams than failure ever will. You know, as we were doing those, uh, as we were watching those water baptisms, there's some young leaders, some young people, and, and they have plans and purposes for their life like all of us have, but the enemy would want to use fear to sabotage that. The enemy would want to use fear to tell them, you can't do that. The enemy would want to use fear to tell this young lady on the front row, you can't go to Europe. How in the world are you going to get that kind of support behind you? How are you going to be able to get that kind of budget behind you? How, how, how? Fear would want to say, you can't. But faith would want to say you can. Amen? And guys, fear has sabotaged more dreams than failure ever will. Paul Turner in his book on fear says, fear creates what it fears. Let that sink in for a second. Fear creates what it fears. Why? Because this is what we focus on. We focus on our fears. We focus on the things that, that, that could go wrong, and many times it becomes self-fulfilling prophecy. We speak fear... And our words have power, friends. We create things that that don't need to be created. So that's why it's important that we as believers speak faith. Amen? It's important that we speak words of truth, that we speak the word of God. Amen? Fear. Fear will sabotage you. Why does does, uh, fear can erode your faith? Because basically fear and faith have the same definition. Consider Hebrews chapter 11 for a minute. Hebrews chapter number 11 tells us what? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. That's what faith is. Faith faith is us believing for some good outcome. Faith is us believing for something good to happen. Fear is the exact opposite. Fear is us thinking something bad will happen. Fear is us thinking that something will go wrong. Fear is us thinking that something will fall apart. Fear and faith basically have the same definition. So that's why I challenge you today as we enter this message on fear, on dealing with fear, worry, and anxiety. Choose faith over fear. Amen? It's a choice. The situations may be the same, but if you choose faith, God will honor that. If you choose fear, you're going to regret that. Choose faith over fear. So let's get to the fear knots of Christmas. Luke chapter number 1. Luke chapter number 1. We've got three fear knots. Let's uh, read Luke chapter number 1. We're in the the King James Version, beginning with verse number 5. Luke chapter number 1. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. 
And they were both righteous before God. That's important. They were good folks. They were church. Uh, they loved the Lord. Walking in all the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no children because that Elizabeth was barren and they were both now well stricken in years. You know, guys, in those days, being barren, being without child was like a curse. It was like God cursed you. You did something wrong. You, you couldn't have children, you know. Some of us had children, and we're like, yeah, that's what we did wrong, okay? But, but, uh, but, but, but back in those days, children were, it was like, man, we want to have kids, and, and they, they never had kids, and they became old. And verse number 8, and it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of the course, he just continued to be faithful to the Lord. That's important. According to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right hand of the altar of incense. So Zacharias, going through his religious rituals, he's going through his priestly duties, and all of a sudden, ooh, an angel. Okay? Now, what was his response? He was scared. <laughs> he was fearful. Some of you are like, why would he be afraid? Have you seen an angel lately? Angels are some bad dudes, okay? I mean, they, they can be intimidating. Think about it. There's, a, there's one angel in the Old Testament that in one night killed 185,000 uh, Assyrians. Let that sink in. That's a bad man, okay? So Zacharias' response was, was pretty, pretty, pretty normal. It says when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But look at verse 13. And the angel said unto him, fear not. Fear not, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear a son, and you shall call his name John. You know what, guys? How many are still believing God to answer a prayer right now in your life? How many have been praying for something for a little while? Put yourself in the situation of Zacharias and Elizabeth, okay? Uh, I'm sure they got, uh, they were married, they celebrated, and they're like, let's have kids, okay? And, and then it didn't happen. And, and, and they continued to believe God. They continued to pray. And, and it's important to notice that, that they had a problem. They didn't have a, ch a child, and they prayed. That's a good takeaway right there. When you have a problem, pray. Okay? When you have a situation, take it to God. When you don't know what to do, ask God. Amen? So they're in a situation. They're praying. They're believing God, and the years are going by. And they're watching everybody else have kids, and they can't have kids. And they're like, what did we do wrong? And they continued to be faithful. You know what, guys? Sometimes it's in the course of between a prayer request and a prayer answer, we, we sometimes don't become, we're not as faithful as we should be. Sometimes we, you know, at the beginning of the prayer request, at the beginning, the first time we pray, we're like, God's got this. And after six months of God not quite having this, we're starting to wonder, does God have this? Does God got this? Uh, what am I supposed to do? Well, here's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to keep believing. You're supposed to keep praying. You're supposed to be faithful. Amen? It's, it's your job to pray. It's God's job to answer. You know what, guys? Sometimes as a, a pastor, I feel pressure when you ask me to pray. But then I realize that it ain't my job to answer. Pastor, it's just my job to ask. Lord, I just ask right now that you'd bless this person. I just ask right now that you'd heal this person. In the name of Jesus, let this, this, and this be done. And I've done my job, Ronnie. I've done my part. Now it's up to God to do his part. Amen? But sometimes in between the prayer request and the prayer answer is a long duration. 
It was a long duration for Zacharias and Elizabeth, and, and they were wondering, God, will you answer this prayer? And then Brother Gary, one day, he's just going through what he's used to doing. He's just doing what priests do, and there is an angel. Whoa. And the angel says, fear not, your prayer has been heard. Isn't it good to know that God hears our prayers? Amen? And guys, sometimes there are things that, 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 that delay a prayer being answered, but I truly believe that every prayer that is prayed gets answered. It gets answered with a yes. Well, we like those, don't we? Woo, yes, sir. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes it gets a no. We don't like no's, do we? You, you want to get your way. Kid, hey, you like no's? No, not at all. He doesn't like no's. He likes to hear yeses. But there's something that that also is answered that I, I would rather a yes or a no. Anybody know what I'm about to say? Wait. Wait. It's a four-letter word. Wait. <laughs> I don't like to wait. We don't like to wait, do we? You go to a fast food, and if it takes more than 62 seconds for your Big Mac to be made, you're getting colicky. Okay? I mean, you want fast food. You, we want everything now. But you know what? Our faith is not developed in the now. Our faith is developed in the wait. Amen? How faithful can you be in the wait? How faithful can you be in the interim time between the time that you prayed and the time that God answers? I submit to you that Zacharias and Elizabeth were pretty faithful during that time. That's why God answered. That's why God moved. Amen? And look at how God moved. Look at how God answered this guy's prayers. They were going to give him a son. That's a good thing. Okay, girls are awesome, but sons. Oh, sons. Sons are awesome. Okay, sons are even more awesome. Okay? And every girl's like, watch it now, preacher. Okay? But in those days, a son was just a, a, a special blessing. And look what they say about this son. Fear not, Zacharias, your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth shall bear a son. Ooh, that looks so much better. And thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. Wow. Great in the sight of the Lord. You know what, guys? If you'll remain faithful, that answer is worth the wait. Just ask Zacharias. Just ask Elizabeth. Is it worth the wait? Oh, yeah. For they shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and neither shall drink or wine or straw drink. Shall be he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from the, my, my mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken with years. And the angel answered and said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and show thee these glad tidings. Behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not able to speak. You know what, guys? Great lessons right here. When you have a problem, pray. And keep praying. And keep believing. Amen? Because the answer is on the way. As I said, I believe that every prayer is answered either with a yes, a no, or a wait. It's in the process of the wait that you are developed, that your faith is developed, that you can draw closer to God if you'll let Him. He'll draw closer to you. Amen? So guys, I just want to challenge you. It's during that wait, it's during that process that you need to learn to trust God's timing. You know what, guys? Sometimes we question his timing. Did you know that, that the right thing at the wrong time is still wrong? 
You need the right thing at the right time. Amen? And God knows timing better than you do. Amen? So let's think about timing for just a little bit. Trust God's timing. I've heard it said that when it's not God's timing, you can't force it. When it is God's timing, you can't stop it. Amen? Nor can anybody else. Nobody can stop the timing of God. When it's God's time, it's God's time. It's going to happen. we got to trust God until it's God's timing. Amen? So we need to trust God's timing. I believe the Lord's trying to speak to somebody today. Trust my timing. I'm working on your behalf. Your answer is on the way. Note how Zacharias' prayer was answered. An angel sent from the Lord to tell him, we've heard your prayer, we're going to answer it, you're going to have a great young man. It is an amazing thing. This is still how God answers prayer if we keep believing. You know, one final point to, to note right here with Zacharias is speak faith. Okay? When the prayer was answered, he'd been faithful all this time, and the prayer is answered, and all of a sudden he starts going, Lord, how are you going to do this? Okay? Look, guys, don't ask about the how. In fact, Gabriel said, I don't even want to hear that. You can't talk no more. You know what? If you can't speak faith, don't speak nothing. Amen? Lest God have to shut you up too. Okay? Zacharias was going to talk himself out of a blessing. You know, I could camp out here for a moment, but I won't. Some of us, we try to talk ourselves out of a blessing. Don't do it. Amen? Look, when I was in sales... When you get a yes from the customer, what do you do? Shut up. Okay? After you get a yes, don't say no more, because all you can do is mess it up. When you get a yes from God, okay? Thank you, Lord. Begin to thank Him. Begin to write up the sale. Begin to make it happen, okay? But don't mess it up. You can talk yourself out of a blessing. And Zacharias was going to try to do it, but the angel said, hush. And he couldn't speak for six months. Amen? And in fact, the next words that came out of his mouth is, his name is John. Okay? So guys, I just want to challenge you. No matter what you're dealing with today, whether you're waiting on an answered prayer, whether you're waiting on a breakthrough, the Lord would tell you like he told Zacharias, your prayer has been heard. Just keep trusting me. Don't fear. Don't worry. It's going to be okay. Amen? The second fear not is found a little later in chapter number 1 of Luke. Let's look at it. Luke chapter number 1, beginning with verse number 26. We have some more characters here. Verse number 26 of Luke chapter number 1, it says this. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, boy, Gabriel was a busy guy, wasn't he? The angel Gabriel was sent from God into the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail thou, art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind, What manner of salutation should this be? And the angel said unto her, Again, fear not. Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. You found favor with God. Why did Mary find favor with God? It's not stated, but undoubtedly it's because of her obedience. Because how many know how we live can increase or decrease the favor of God upon our lives? When we live right, the favor increases. When we live wrong, the favor decreases. Amen? How you live affects the favor of God upon your life. Guys, I don't know about you, but I want the favor of God on my life. I want the favor of God on my children. I want the favor of God on this church. I want the favor of God on this community. So I watch the way I live. 
I'll watch what I say. I'll watch what I do. And you should do likewise because you want the favor of God upon your life. Well, Mary was doing some things right. And God notices because God always notices everything. You know, he notices everything we do wrong, but he also notices everything we do right. I want to challenge you guys. Keep doing right. Keep being faithful. Don, I was so proud of you this Friday. You, 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 uh, you did another wonderful meal. By the way, I didn't get one. I think my health coach wanted me to drop a pound or two. Okay? But I know it was good because I had one before. And, and you took some of those proceeds and you brought some toys for some kids. Oh, man, I'm so excited to be your pastor. I'm so proud of you. Give her a great big old hand. Just a little small thing like that. You know what that's a reminder of? Keep doing right. Do whatever God tells you to do, amen? If you keep doing right, God notices and his favor is going to rest upon your life. The favor of God rested on Mary's life. Why? Because blessings follow obedience. Let's keep reading in this story, okay? Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive. Now look what God says. Look what the angel says. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son shall call his name Jesus, and he shall be great, shall be called the Son of the Highest, the Lord of God, shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said unto angels, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, your cousin Elizabeth, she has conceived a son in her whole old age. This is the sixth month with her who was barren. For with God nothing is impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. The angel departed from her. Guys, God can handle all the details of your life. This young mother who had just been told that you've been chosen to be the, the mother of the Son of God had a whole lot of questions. How many of you ladies like to know the details? Okay. Katie, are you a detail girl? Do you need to know the details? Okay. Can you imagine Mary? Mary has just been told you're going to have the Son of God. You're going to name him Jesus, okay? And she's like, How's this all going to happen? <laughs> okay? Well, guess what? God began to, to, to work out all the details for a virgin birth, for an immaculate conception. There ain't been one of those, okay? Right here, right now, okay? If God can work out those kind of details, don't you think he can handle the details of your life? Don't you think he can handle that little situation you're dealing with? Don't you think he can help your ends meet? Don't you think he can he can take care of you for the next few weeks, for the next few years? Don't you think he can handle that stuff? Guys, God is into the details. Amen? And he's concerned about the details. And he wants to remind every one of us today, verse number 37 is put there for a reason. With God, nothing is impossible. You may be looking at an impossible situation this morning. You may be looking at a financial crisis this morning. You may be looking at a mess of the ninth degree this morning. But God would say, it's not impossible. I can work on your behalf. I can work this out. Will you trust me? You see, that's the common denominator in all these situations. Zacharias was given a choice. Will you have faith or will you be full of fear? He chose faith. Mary was given a choice. Young lady, will you choose fear or will you choose faith? 
She chose faith, and we're still talking about it today. Amen? We're still celebrating it today. Friend, if you choose faith, we'll celebrate that as well. Amen? God will honor that as well. God can handle everything. Amen? If God can work out the details of an immaculate conception, He can figure out what you're going through as well. Verse 37 is the answer. With God, nothing is impossible. No matter what you're facing today, the takeaway is verse number 37. With God, nothing is impossible. In fact, the very word impossible is declaring to to you today, I'm possible. I am, P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E. I'm possible. The Lord would tell you it's possible with Him. So Mary had a choice. Do I fear or do I trust? She chose trust. She chose faith. And we honor that today. Now for our final fear not, go with me to chapter number 2 of Luke. Chapter number 2 of Luke, we have the final fear not of Christmas. Now, the first, uh, the first few verses of Luke chapter number 2 involve God working out more details. Let's read it. Luke chapter number 2. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. This taxing was first made when the Cyrenius was governor of Syria. All went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, who was great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. That he should be delivered, rather. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. God working out the details. What details? The Old Testament scriptures declare that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph lived, lived in Nazareth. That's a small problem. So possibly for the first time ever, a tax was used by God for righteous purposes. <laughs> for maybe the first time ever. Uh, the Roman government said, we're going to have a tax. We're going to have a census, and you've got to go back to where you came from. And David, of course, was, was not, from, not from Nazareth. He was from Bethlehem. We had to go back to Bethlehem, and that's where the Son of God was born. And it had to be that way because that's what the Scriptures declared. So verses 1 through 7 tell this story. It tells how God worked out all the details. Now, you notice it's worth noting that there's no fear nots in these first seven verses. Why? Because after trusting God's will and God's ways through nine months of pregnancy, Mary and Joseph could say like David in Psalm chapter number 21, verse number 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? There's no fear nots now because Mary has been trusting God. And guys, as you trust God longer, it gets easier. Amen? How many have been trusting God for at least 20 years? Lift your hand. It gets easier, don't it? Now, does life get easy? No. In fact, as we get older, how many know it can get tough, okay? Do you know what the the number one leading cause of injuries for old men is forgetting that we're not young men anymore? Okay? Because how many know as we get older, we can't quite do what we used to do, okay? You know what? There's a reason why I don't go to the gym with Hayden anymore. Have you seen those arms on that boy? Okay? Hilton, he would hurt me. Okay? I let Landon go with him. He can hold his own. Okay? But I can't. I'm no longer a young man. I can't do what I used to do. Some of you are like, I still do what I used to do. Really? 
Okay? Pastor Ronnie got back in the gym this week, okay? I'm not going to poke on him because he's really sore. Okay? There's a reason I'm not back in the gym because I used to work out just enough to stay sore. Okay? Hayden don't even know what soreness is. Landon hadn't felt sore in five years. Okay? Yeah, we were that age once. Okay? But then you get a little older. Okay? But guys, how many know as you trust the Lord longer, it gets easier? You have more experience with the Lord. You begin to know Him in a greater way. You begin to trust Him in a greater way. You begin to think about how many times He's come through for you. You know what? I'm so excited to hear all that Katie Price is telling us about. But should Jesus tarry, I can't wait to hear her four or five years from now. I can't wait to hear when she comes back for her first itineration. And no longer is she showing these pictures of these kids from LSU, but she's showing these kids from Europe. And she's telling stories about the faithfulness of God. Amen? Why? Because God is faithful. Nothing is impossible for him. He can work out the details to get this young lady across the globe, and he can work out the details in your life as well. You just got to trust him. Amen? And Mary had learned that. Mary had learned to trust God. But there's one more fear not. I would say I'm about to close, but I'm not. And my board reminded me this week that I close too often, okay? So I'm saving that term for the one and only time that I am going to close, okay? But verse number eight is I continue. Is that good, Don? As I continue. Verse number eight. No, Don's like, I wish you'd close. Okay. By the way, he's wide awake, Miss Katie. <clears throat> verse number eight. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And them boys were afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from the heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let's go now even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. Wow, great story, huh? The final fear not, we just read about it. I love the fact that God's first birth announcement for his son was made to common folk like the shepherds. I don't know about you, but that's comforting to a simple Baldwin boy like myself. I'm glad that it doesn't matter what side of the tracks you were born on, Jesus came for you. It doesn't matter how much is in your bank account, Jesus came for you. It doesn't matter how good or how bad things have been in your family. Yeah, I'm told the story of Mark Twain. It says that he spent half of his, uh, uh, his, his worth, half of his money uh, researching his family. Then he spent the other half trying to cover it back up. Because sometimes you find out things you ought not find out. Sometimes you start hearing about the old folks telling stories, and you're like, ooh, Mama did that? That uncle did that? Oh, my goodness.
forgiveness. Okay, guess what, guys? It don't matter what family you're from. doesn't matter what your last name is. Your name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen? If you know Jesus Christ, that's all that matters. Amen? And I love that he went to shepherd boys. He just went to some simple, common country folk. And he said, you got to get to Bethlehem because there's a baby that's been born. I didn't come here to judge you. I came here to give you good news. Amen? I love that, guys. Note the good news. A Savior has been born. Look, guys, you may not think so, but we all need a Savior. We all need a Savior. We all need a friend who will help us through tough times. We all need a friend that will stick closer than a brother. We all need somebody we can pray to. We all need somebody who will comfort us. We all need somebody who can forgive us of our sins. Amen? And that's what Jesus is plus. He will do all these things for you. He'll save you. He'll forgive you. He'll heal you. He'll answer your prayer. Whatever you need Jesus to do as the Son of God, He can do it. One final point, and I will close. (laughs) Final point is found in verse number 20. These these simple country folks, you know, up until now, we were talking about some real spiritual giants. We were talking about some people who really love God. We are talking about a priest in Zechariah. We were talking about a young lady in in Mary who found favor with God. They were doing a lot of things right. I don't know much about these shepherds, okay, but I know that was common people. I know many times those were kind of the guys were a little rough around the edges, okay? But they had an encounter with God, and look how they were changed. Verse number 20, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, and it was told unto them. Guys, one encounter with Jesus changed the shepherds, and one encounter with Jesus will change you as well. Amen? Aren't you glad you had that encounter with Jesus? Aren't you glad that you came down to an old altar long ago? Aren't you glad that you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Didn't he change you? The Bible tells us, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's what? A new creature. The old has passed away. Everything, say everything, everything becomes new. Amen? Guys, I just want to remind you, we all need a fresh encounter with Jesus. We all need to meet him one more time. We all need to see him for who he really is. You know, sometimes religion gives us a false picture of who Jesus really is. But when you get to know him, when you really get to know him, amen, he changes everything about you. Guys, 25 years ago, I didn't know this Jesus. I knew a religious Jesus. I kind of knew a little bit about Jesus. I could tell you a couple stories because I went to the right school, but I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know the Jesus we're talking about right here in Luke chapter number 2. But guys, when I, once I got to know him, he changed everything. Amen? Did he change a lot in this boy, Sean? Now, this little girl changed a little bit of it, okay? She made me dress a little nicer and talk a little nicer, but she never really changed my heart. But Jesus changed my heart. He works on the inside, and it affects the outside. Amen? Religion wants to work on the outside, hoping it'll get to the inside. It doesn't work that way. Friends, I want to tell you, get to know Jesus. Have a fresh encounter with Jesus, and everything's going to be okay. As I close, and bliss comes. Amen? See, by the way, bliss only comes when I really close, okay? As I close, and bliss comes to play. Remember what our sermon topic today was? Dealing with
with fear, worry, and anxiety. Dealing with stress. Realizing that God is for you and not against you. That just like he was able to take care of all the details of the first Christmas, he can take care of all the details for this Christmas. Friends, lose the fear. Keep your faith. Let Jesus change you into the man or woman of God that he desires for you. 2 Timothy chapter number 1 says, The Lord did not give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. The Lord wants me to tell you today that whatever you may be dealing with today, fear not. Nothing is impossible with Him. Amen? With every head bowed and every eye closed. Friends, remember, the shepherds who were changed by Jesus, one encounter with Jesus changed everything.